Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Charmin, your host in the cooling room. Welcome, welcome to the cooling room, where we give you an opportunity to come in and chill out, get ready, prepare yourself. As entrepreneurs, we need one another. We need the strength and the love and the belief in one another to keep it moving. And there are so many dynamics in becoming an entrepreneur and building your brand. And I thought the cooling room would be a great place to discuss some of those topics with you. Now, granted, sometimes it gets real hot in the cooling room and we just have to go to the thermometer and turn it up a bit. Or some of you might leave if it gets too hot. We hope not. We hope you can stand there, take the heat if it gets too hot move to a cooler spot, but it's all about truth and standing in your truth when you come to the cooling room. And today's topic is going to be racism. And Lord, I know, because as an African American, sometimes I get tired of hearing it. But the truth of the matter is that there is a cure. There is a cure. Now, you know, My daddy used to say this, and it's so profound. He used to say, if white people understood that racism hurts them way more than it could ever hurt us, they would stop and begin to befriend people of other cultures. And that is so true when you think about it. Now, Before I get started, I want to recommend a book to everyone who's in earshot, and I'd love you to recommend the same book to someone else. I've never met this author. He died from kidney failure early on when he was a young man. But my father told me over 30 years ago to read this book. I bought the wrong book, so that's what I'm going to tell you, the, the author because someone else has a title very similar, and I bought the wrong book. And I, a friend of mine I had met uh, on the train when I worked for the railroad, I hadn't talked to her in years, years. And she called me when her mother died and said, well, would you come to the house for Thanksgiving? And I said, sure, I hadn't seen her. We had had such a great conversation. And when I walked into her house, my eyes immediately went to her library. And there was the book. There was the book. And I began to read it. And I cried so hard that I went into the bathroom and and drew a bath because I didn't want her to hear me crying and think that I, I wasn't enjoying myself or having a nice time at her home for Thanksgiving. Uh, But in the morning, she told me, you know, she heard me and she said, I I knew it was the book. I knew it. Because this book, and I'm going to tell you the author first. The author is James Melvin Washington. James Melvin Washington. And the book is Conversations with God. But don't, this is the part you need to remember. Two Centuries of Prayer by African-Americans, Two Centuries of Prayer by African-Americans, by James Melvin Washington. Now, this book 
is a book of prayers from slaves, some of them written in their dialect, because of course slaves weren't allowed to read or write, so they wrote things the way they were pronounced, and and the book is literally gut-wrenching. Is gut-wrenching because it has stories in it, which is really why I want my white listeners to get the book because, you know, it's so offensive when you say, oh, get over it. You never get over someone brutalizing someone in your family. You, you don't get over it. You continue to pray for peace, but you never, ever get over it. And when you read some of these stories that you have not been told, you yourself, I want to believe, will sit back and say, oh, my God, this is why the African-American community is so upset. This is why things are such a mess. So I want you to read it. And, and it's really so that you can find some peace. We can find a middle ground. I want African-Americans to read it because a lot of them have not told their children or sat down and read to their children or encouraged their children to read because I really believe in my heart if more African-Americans did that, we wouldn't have the killings we have today. I mean, you can't go from someone slaughtering you to slaughtering yourselves without being ignorant to the truth. So with that said, Please, please expand your mind, expand your thought process, find your love, find your spirit, which I believe you will find as you read Conversations with God, Two Centuries of Prayer by African Americans by James Melvin Washington. Now, like I said, let's talk about racism. Because that plays a big part in people trying to grow a business. It really does. And, and so I'm going to give three examples of how racism hurt white people. Racism that you, you all have had or have. How it has hurt you and the relationship building with African Americans. And we'll start with something recently that happened, and that's this black producer who was on his way to an awards show in Hollywood. He was stopped and arrested for a burglary that someone described as having on exactly what he had on. Now that told me, as an African American woman, that someone white saw him and said, say, just say him call it in and say him so that we have time to get away. That was my thought process. And that's exactly what they did. They saw this black producer. You could clearly tell, I could, as an African-American woman, that his demeanor, he was on his cell phone, he was professionally groomed, neat, clean, doesn't look like he had robbed anything or ran from anything or had run from anything or anyone Yet the police stop him at his car and arrest him, book him, and then find out it's not him. Well, to me, that said, these are some of the most unfortunate, ignorant policemen. Because had they looked 
beyond their racism and just had a conversation with the man. Just a conversation. Because if you're a policeman and someone describes somebody and you walk up to this person or see this person and he's not running from you, he's not trying to hide, something ought to say to you, hey, uh, I don't think he's the one. Sir, where have you been the last 15 minutes? Oh, I was at my house. I'm getting dressed. I'm going to the award show tonight. But the man was just trying to cooperate because he knew they had the wrong person. He's trying to cooperate so he can get away. You know, they can leave him alone and he can get to the show. But that's not what they did. Racism, hatred, never looked at the man as the man that he is. So that's the first, one of the first things that you know, makes African-Americans upset that why did you not take the time to look at this man and question, three little questions and he could have been on his way, okay? The next one is Susan Smith. Now I personally, I'm going to tell you, I personally called um, the police station Right after this happened, and I don't know if all of you know about Susan Smith, who uh, claimed that a black man threw her out the car and took her two little white children. Now, if that's not the most ridiculous story, I mean, where, here's the first question that, that a white policeman should have said to himself, where is a black man going with two white kids? How far do you think he's going with two white kids that are big enough to talk, say, Mama, they're clearly white children, they're not biracial children, and a black man would clearly know the police are going to call me. I can't take y'all nowhere, even if I'm dating your mama, unless your mama's with us. Racism again. I mean, it took you off forever, and I'm watching this woman with these phony fake cries on TV, and all it would take, and I was dying to go down there. I said, just give me 10 minutes with her because I'm going to tell her you're a liar. Now, if you told me the black man had you drop your children somewhere and took you, okay, we're we going to start with that story. But to tell me he put you out and took your two children, are you, are you serious? Are you serious? Another classic case of racism at its worst. You know, that you all as policemen, you're not even taking the time, not one of your whole troop of policemen and not one person tapped the captain and said, wait, uh-uh, uh-uh, sir, that story is bogus out the gate. Because the minute the black man stopped to get some gas and somebody sees the two little white boys in the back hollering and screaming, somebody's calling the police. Now, you can call black men many things. There's not one stupid enough to do something like that in the bright daylight, no doubt. And I'm just giving you these examples because I want you to think as white people, why aren't you examining these things? And the reason you don't examine it because, oh, they're black up oh, automatically. Please begin to examine and have a conversation. Okay. The third one which I'm telling you, it was 30 years ago, and it still hurts my heart. When in Boston, Charles Stewart lied on a black man, had the whole city turned upside down. Why? 
because he claimed a black man came and shot his pregnant wife, scratched him, and uh, now he's all in distress because his wife is dead, his baby's dead. Now common sense ought to tell you something. As a white man, you already know. Here's my baby, my pregnant wife. You didn't make an accidental turn into the hood, number one. Number two, because there's certain areas you already know you're not going into, especially late at night. Number two, that's not even something that some black man is going to do. Because if he's going to jump into your car or get to your car or you slow down enough for him to get to your car, which I, I just find preposterous, that he's going to shoot the wife. No, he's going to shoot you because you are the stronger person. It's not going to shoot some pregnant wife. But did y'all ask any of those questions? No, you didn't. Now the whole city's torn up and now what does he do? He's the coward that jumps off the bridge because he's a liar. Because he knew he couldn't go to the penitentiary after that lie. Okay. It's bad enough. There's mistrust. But when white people blame black people for something they did not do. The anger boils up all over again. So I'm asking white people, you know, ask some questions because you all know what I found out years ago, had no clue. Because, see, black women, we raise our sons to, to say, hey, be, you know, when the police come, you know, cooperate, be quiet. Uh, and not all of us do it. Well, we all should. But I know I did. You know, you have to have respect for the police. You have to answer their questions, you know, so that things go by quickly. If they don't, you know, call me. I'll be there. But don't ever get out of pocket with someone who has a baton and a gun. You just don't. But, and even though many black men, unfortunately, have lost their lives and they were very polite, they did all the right things, and yet they're still dead. So I'm here to say that it's real, but what I found out is that white kids have known all you have to do is say a black man did it and hey, you're off the hook. They're going to look for the black man and you are just literally off the hook. Now that's something in the white community that's been going on for years. And I only found out about it because a white friend of mine told me, said his son did it. And he told his son, if I find out that it was not an African-American man that stole the family car. It's going to be me and you. And then he told his dad the truth. No, I stole it. I did. I took it. I got in a wreck with it. And, you know, so that is so heartbreaking for me. But I thank God that this particular person is so loving. And I know there's a lot of whites like that that say, look, don't don't go lying on somebody's son, you know and getting them in a world of trouble and you know you did it. If you did it, fess up so we can fix it. So I want you all to know, especially my white listeners, please know that if we come together, if we come together, look what happened with Robert Johnson in BET supported by a white guy. Look what happened. A billionaire. So the one billionaire that lent him the little bit of money, and of course it was a little bit of money for a billionaire, 200 thousand dollars but look at the return. 
So if you start paying attention to young black men and young black women to say they're on to something and I want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of what they're doing. Seek your black partner because there's many of us out here. Many. So if you have financing, you want to have a partner, you want to sit down and talk, and I have a a whole book of them. So you can get in touch with me and say, Charmin, I want to talk to some folk, see what's going on. Because we're all in this together, whether you like it or not. You can rise up and hate all you want, but we're all in this together. Because I know right now there's so many black men sitting at the table. And whether whether you let them at the table or not or through the back door, they're in your family. They're in your family. So there's no reason to hate. We must begin to love one another. Slavery will never go away. And I am writing a great book about it. But I want you to know that racism is real. So my white friends, you know, don't, don't say it's not. And at some point, I'll tell you what store it was, but I uh, worked with a white guy, hired him to work with me and my brand. And I tell you what, anytime he went to a store, uh, well, there's one particular time. Let me talk about this one particular time. We go in, I'm with him. And the person that was there, one of the people we needed to see, totally ignored me. You don't get any more beautiful and chocolate black than Charmin, baby. And they spoke to him, shook his hand, and, uh, you know, he got in the car and he apologized profusely. I said, don't apologize. I just want you to tell white people that it's real. That it's 2016. And it wasn't until the actual head guy came up, fabulous man, fabulous man, who shook my hand and said, you know, we'll take it, we'll take all of them. Just, just a beautiful, beautiful situation. He, he came and he, you know, he, he made good on, on an ugly situation. So I want African Americans to know to quit screaming racism all the time because the, the power is in the tongue. And you have to know that the ancestors of people that were hiding black people and helping black people along the way. You know, th those children are still here. They're here. And you must seek those people. That's who I look for. Because they're here. Loving, kind, Morris Dees. If you haven't heard of Morris Dees, you've been living underneath a rock. It is my dream to get to Alabama and meet Morris Dees. You talk about a man who sacrificed everything for equality, his family, everything for equality. His children are here. So I want you to know that in order to grow a great brand and to move it forward, we need one another. We need one another. But I want white people to look at the examples that I've given you. And that's just three of many, many, uh, to know that racism hurts you. Because Susan Smith was able to run around and walk around for weeks free after killing her babies. You know, Charles Stewart didn't get to ride, run around too much, but he was still able to run around enough to hook up with his girlfriend and lay up and act a fool, you know. So know that um, 
and this brother, you know, missed part of the ceremony because, of course, you know, now you're not in this mood anymore. But I want white people to stop. When you see an African American, stop and think. Look at them. Begin. I know white people have a habit of walking past black people and, you know, you don't even look at them unless you're in the office with them and you'll speak. But you also know that every time, most of the time, I won't say every time, most of the time you see African Americans, oh, good morning. How you doing? Hello. Say hello back. Be loving. Be kind. We must, we must come together. We must. So that's my love tip for today. I want you to know in order to build your brand, in order, I mean, because all money is green. All money is green. And so I, I really want and pray that I can get uh, more white people to understand that all money is green. And, and I also, let, let me give white people this tip. When black people say, buy black, that does not mean white people you're not invited. That's not what that means. It means, guess what? This is an African-American business. We need your support. We need you to know that we're doing the exact same thing, trying to build a brand, but this, this is who has this brand. It's important for our children to know. It's important for our grandchildren to know. It's important for our neighbors and our friends to know that from Michelle's syrup to Reggio's pizza, frozen pizza, these are black companies and we want everybody's money, okay? Iris Botanicals, Essie Marie's salad dressings. You know, we just want you to know, we, we want our children to be able to do well. But these are all uh, you know, new and budding companies, uh, other than Reggio's Pizza, he's been around forever. Um, Michelle Syrup, the first African-American syrup. It's all I buy, I want you to know. Um, yes, mainly because she is an African-American business, but her syrup is spectacular. My granddaughter doesn't even let me buy anything else, believe it or not. I tried it one time to give her a cheap syrup for breakfast. You know, the I don't want to say cheap, inexpensive. And she she asked me what I had done, and and then she asked me could I just redo them and put the other syrup that I use. I was trying to save that one for mine for my pancakes. Anyway, you know it feels good to love. It feels good to give out good information. Feels good to say reach out, touch, love, and once again, welcome to the cooling room. This is Charmin, and have a great day.